This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up, everybody? Your man Ike Jones back in the place. We are here. Amen, corner time, man. We are talking transfer portal. It is heating up out here. I got my guy, Kenny B, Paul Meharry. We're here talking college football transfer portal, man. A lot of interesting things going on. Um, Amen, corner style. Y'all know how we do it. This is the Amen Corner Podcast, a collection of SEC football fans from different SEC teams coming together to talk ball once a week. Powered by the War Report. Representing Georgia, Paul Meharry. Representing Florida, Kenny B. And representing Auburn, Ike Jones. You are now, now listening to where do y'all want to start? I'm listen. I it's so many places we could go, man. We could go out west to Colorado and talk about the situation out there. We could go further, you know, back over here and talk about the Mississippi uh, quarterback situation. We can talk about, uh, you know, let's let's start at home. Let's start at home, right? So Auburn doesn't have any transfer news, so we're we don't have to talk about Auburn right now. Let's talk about Ad Mitchell. We'll start with Ad Mitchell, Georgia. What where, where is Georgia up to right now as far as number of guys transferring out? Currently? Transferring out? Uh, man, I, I, I couldn't tell you the amount, uh, total number. It's not that many right now. Yeah, um, I, I don't feel here. like you guys got hit too bad. I think there's. I think they lost eight so far, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten right now. Um with Eric Gilbert being the most recent one, he just uh, right. announced his commitment to Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah, so, I just saw um, that. Hey, man, for for Gilbert, man, I, I hope that uh, Georgia Georgia really helped him out off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in a bad place. Uh, I don't really want to go into details on it, but sure. he, was, he was in a bad place, man, and uh, Georgia helped him off the field. I really hope that the folks up in Nebraska do the same. Uh, yeah. I know. Kirby was uh, very heavily involved in, you know, helping him out. And I don't know if you guys watched the uh, Last Chance You, the most recent basketball one. I told you guys to watch it. You guys watch it? Yet? I definitely did. I did my homework. All right. All right. So did not. Okay. So, so the, the, not saying that Gilbert has autism at all, right? But the yeah. guy that had autism in the show, the coach was very, like, specific on where he was going to let him transfer to. He wanted him to be in the right fit, right? Right. So I hope that um, – Kirby Smart kind of did the same thing here in Nebraska for Gilbert. So just right. to kind of put that out there, because he he's a hell of a talent, man. But Definitely. really, you got to you got to have somebody to keep his head on straight. But in terms of like transfers going out right now, and like guys that could really make a change, obviously the biggest one's Ad Mitchell, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we we talked about this back in December when uh, it was brought up to us that he might transfer and. There are rumors out there that his high ankle sprain, uh, he was cleared like a couple mm. weeks after, and then he didn't go back in. Um, Interesting. So, you know, he's a great player. He caught a touchdown pass in each of Georgia's college football playoff games. So that's four touchdown passes for him in the biggest moments. Uh, but, you know, it's, I think that they fought to keep, they fought to keep him. But at the same time, uh, there's some schools out there that have a lot of money. Uh, mm. They're entering into the SEC very soon, mm. and uh, one of them wears orange. And mm. so, uh, you know, <laughs> it, not saying names, but there's, you know, <laughs> I ain't saying no names, but I will point an elbow. Yeah, yeah, I will point an elbow. So, you know, I, I hope everything works out for him. Georgia brought in two really good uh, wide receivers, and Ra Ra Thomas from Miss State, and Dominic Lovett from Missouri. Two guys that could perform in the SEC. So uh, he will be missed, but at the same time, they brought in some guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the interesting thing. You know, I, I have to, I, I see 
Kenny be going to war with the Florida fan base over stuff that they be saying out there. I don't necessarily go to war, but I always question people when they start making comments about, oh, man, this guy would be good at Auburn. And and I just I, I like when we didn't get Ra Ra Thomas and people were all upset, I was like, why are y'all mad about this? What what would make a receiver want to come to Auburn right now other than hope? Y'all hoping and wishing people want to be in a system that has not produced a thousand yard receiver in like over a decade. Like, what are we doing out here? The, well, Georgia hasn't produced one in forever, but the, at the same token, like, Pickens. you know, huh? Pickens. Pickens didn't have a thousand yards. Yeah, I was about to say, no. I, 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 no, I he, the, last, the last guy to have a thousand yards for Georgia was Terrence Edwards taking it way back in the way back machine. Mm. Terrence is now like 45 and runs a gym. So uh, it, it, we're, we're, we're long past that. Um, yeah, it, it's been a while, man. So, you know, I, I think, uh, I saw somebody on, on Twitter kind of saying like, couldn't see Alabama losing a wide receiver after winning two back-to-back national championships. And it's like, well, Alabama hasn't won one in the NIL era yet. You know, that's a different breed. The NIL is, is, is I'm not trying to be like that, but that's, that's what it is. It's a different era. Yeah, that's kind of a trash statement. Like, Bama 100% would lose a receiver if they were as stacked as Georgia was at receiver. Like, Bama has had good receivers, and they have left recently. So you're thinking that a national championship would have stopped that from happening? Absolutely not. Like, what are what are we doing out here? Right. And they lost a wide receiver this year anyway. They lost that right. uh, Aaron Anderson kid. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it, you're you're telling me that that guy would not have left if they w- were back-to-back national championship. And I'm telling right. you that is 100% false. Right. That is not how this works. <laughs> not at all. So, but hey, I hope, I hope AD finds everything uh, that he can uh, through this process. And uh, I, I know there's some Georgia fans that are salty about it, right? But – the same time, man, he did a lot for your university. He helped you win four big time games. Uh, and I think at this point, you you wish him well, right? You want him to be a dog forever. You want him to all his highlights at the NFL draft. You want him to be announced as a dog. Right. Uh, but th- this is a different era we're living in, guys. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not. I've said this before. This ain't your your, your, your mom and dad's uh, NCAA party. It's no not. More, bro. It's we're not. not here. We're not there. <laughs> so people just going to have to get over it. Um, you know, there, there's still got to be a lot of stuff that we need to do to clean this up. I agree, but we, we, we're here now. So all of the whining and complaining about what we should be doing and how they should have done this, hey, you, you, can, you can hang all that up. We already here. So either join the party or sit on the sidelines. But all this get left behind and embarrassed on ESPN. So, like, so he, here's a question that I, I have for, for, for both of you guys. What do you feel like is the 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 biggest problem? You know, we we've talked about this NIL thing before, and, and Kenny, we were talking about this a little bit before. Like, what do you feel like is the biggest problem with the NIL situation right now? Kenny and I were talking about like it's the the money up front that kids are getting before they hit campus. Like, do you think that that's like the biggest issue? Because if you clean that up, do you get to a place now where you know you're able to deal more equitably? I don't know. I don't know how, how how to stop the nonsense that's happening right now. Well, we got we got to talk about Cormani. Look, I'll, I'll talk about I'll talk about it real quick. I've been talking a lot. I want you guys to talk. The people get sick of hearing me. Here, here's the thing, <laughs> no, man. Here, go Come on, look, now. Look, here's the thing. These guys shouldn't be getting money before they come on campus anyway. It I is, agree. That is not what NIL is for. Agree. NIL is built for once they get on campus. Pursuing these guys, Rashada is a perfect example, and it's going to go to court. Um, from everything I've been reading, and it's gonna, it, everything's gonna come out on this, on this, right? And mm-hmm. it sucks that it happened to Florida, Kenny. It's your school, right? But you, I think mm-hmm. they're gonna be, they're gonna be the ones that take this on the head. They're gonna be the, the school that does because you can't offer these kids money, and everybody does it, right? But but you can't offer these kids money before they get on campus. Well, I mean, is is, is Florida gonna get in trouble with this, or are are they gonna just restrict access to certain boosters who overstepped? I. Depends. On we've never, we've never history. been, we've never been on this road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it comes down to who off, like what's in the small print, right? right? Because, um, and I, I don't know because I'm not going to throw Eddie under the bus. Uh, get a collective guy because I don't know 
who officially signed what and sent what. But, um, you know, all you can do from the, the preaching that Florida's always done as far as the Gator Collective has always been, you know, we show projection, showing what you can make. Like we show you based make, on yeah. the guys on campus, the outliers, the all the opportunities to say, hey, we have these people committed to donating this amount um, to the Gator Collective. You have who a great hell, chance. Who the hell did y'all have on campus that y'all could compare to him that, that he makes $13 million? I mean, but that's the thing. Like, you can look at – so you could probably look and say, okay, AR, right? But say that, that, AR, AR is literally the only person that I could think you of. You said AR in his final year, okay? Between this period and this period, he got – quote. Because once he became the starter, he got Gatorade and Blase Blah and all these other things. And say He got this in half a season. So if we project that for three years, three to four years, it can make up to this amount. Right. And yeah. so if it's written like that, you're perfectly fine. But if it's like, oh, you do that, but you put incentives in there about, you know, any type of play result, that's where you mess up. And if they have that in the contract about anything you playing wise, it's a wrap because you can't pay. You can't pay for play. Yeah. So then that's that's my whole thing. Like it's. It's going to come down to that. It's going to get real ugly. And uh, I think, I think uh, Florida is going to be the one that kind of catches the hell on this, even though everybody's doing it. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I mean, we've, we've sat on the show many a times and, and tried to rack our brains. One thing we do know. And one thing we did say, gentlemen, was that Cormani McLean was going to be <laughs> headed West to Colorado. And that's exactly where, that's he's where he went. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if we, I mean, folks need to listen up, man. We told you guys last week, you could have put in a prediction on, uh, rivals or right. wherever you wanted to put Maybe it in. would have been balling. Yeah, yes, man. Uh, so, that, so let, let's talk about that situation because uh, again, Kenny and I were talking before about what happens with Rashada. Right. And, and, and Kenny seems to think Colorado makes a lot of sense for him, right? Like that's Absolutely. where he can land and it makes a lot of football sense. So talk me through that again, Kenny. Why, why Rashada to Colorado? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, mean, oh, no. oh, <laughs> I wish y'all could um, see Paul's face. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it doesn't have the beaches that he likes, but uh, what you do have is, excitement right you have a program that is bubbling with excitement enthusiasm everybody loves what Dion is doing right Where, wherever he goes he's bringing the cameras he's bringing the crowd they're they've I think sold out their ticket their season tickets like he he sells tickets yeah he also has a proven product as far as what he did on the on the HBCU level now of course you're not going against the Oklahoma States the TCUs of the world however it shows that there's a program in place that can get it done. Um, he wouldn't have to sit long. Like you sitting one year behind a guy, his son realistically is leaving next year. This is his money year. If he has a good year, Shador's gone. So you're the next guy up. They really don't have a backup quarterback. Colorado's guys have already hit the portal. Yeah. You have Travis Hunter, who's going to be a, a junior at that time. You have Cormani, who's now on the team. You have, uh, but Trace didn't Trace Sanders sign, or did he? Was it another school? Kavasi uh, Smoke went to yeah. Kavasi yeah, Smoke. Smoke. That's what I, say. Like I think Trace Sanders went to somewhere and else. You have 24, 25 uh, year guys that will follow Rashada, especially after they see Travis Hunter plan. They see Kavasi Smoke plan. They, you know, what I'm saying like it's there, and you could be the quarterback in waiting. And you know, Dion ain't leaving in a year. He's there. Yeah, no, that's, so that's the for sure. He's definitely not leaving in a year. Right. So you're the quarterback there. You're still pretty close to the West Coast for your people. You're playing in the Pac-12. You saw the Pac-12 champion. Well, you saw the Pac-12 get a team into the conference, uh, the the championship playoff. So it's possible. I mean, what do you want? You get to play against USC. You get to play against the big schools, primetime games. You're making making a a, a really good argument right now. I'm not going to lie to you, Kenny. You're making a good argument. Look, look, though, look. Colorado said they didn't even have enough money to pay Dion. They're going to figure it out. Facts. So the Rashadas, Jaden Rashada has now gone from 
you could have taken seven million gone to Florida to now how much are you realistically going to get at Colorado to come be the backup to primetime son. That, that's where that's where it falls apart for me. I'm not gonna lie. Right, to there's you. no money. There's there, there's nothing like the whole concept. If we were in 2015, I'd be like, man, that's a that's a great landing spot for Jaden Rashada. But where does he go anywhere this year? That's going to give him a. Big and that's payment? what I tried to tell you last week. Yeah, no, I mean, we, I agree with you last week when we said it. Like, I, I don't like, know that it makes take the any seven, sense. take the seven and roll. But they wanted to make this big thing out of it, and now look at you. You sitting there with with nothing in your hands, but but doo doo. <laughs> but Washington, Arizona State, and you know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you take you you probably got some money already. You probably got a duffel bag from Miami, probably got a duffel bag from Florida, realistically, right? So you already got some change. You're gonna get deals with him. His son, Brady Brand, Mercedes, but like these guys are getting deals, beats deals. You're getting deals just being the quarterback for Deion Sanders in itself, Barstool. All this other stuff. And then on top of your play, if you play good, the sky's the limit. Like, at some point, you got to bet on yourself. Like, you're not going to go to a team other than Florida or Miami and get a NFL contract. Like, you're just not. Yeah, I mean, he he's burnt the bridge at Florida. He's done there. I could see maybe Miami um, accepting him over there. Um, I just don't Miami know be- a lot of landing spots that want that headache. Um, yeah, Miami, he already he already – kind of shitting on them because he left them in the middle of the night and came to Florida. Do you really want that kid on your team <laughs> that you had to, that you had to bribe to get there and then lost him to the school who you took him from because they just offered him a bigger check? Yeah, I just, I just I don't know. I don't I don't know where they go from here. And that's unfortunate because he's got a ton of talent, but he might have might might have priced himself out of um mm-hmm. Which is going to be crazy. I mean, he has to at this point. He's he's not going to enroll, I guess, in spring, right? Right. He's not. He he's missed the spring window for just about yeah. everybody. So so uh, mm, now you're coming in in the summer. It's just it's a bad look, man. And I know I know pride is a is a big thing. But boy, would I be running back with my tail tucked between my legs going to Florida and being like, just take me, please. No. Please. I think because the rumors that this deal was done behind, like, this was done behind the people, like the big guys back. Like, it was like the the big money guys that typically would, you know, put out that million or donate that two million. They didn't know about it until it went to crack to like the signing day and all that, they didn't know. And the Rashada and everybody knew the the situation on when he signed. So he signed the deal knowing that he wasn't going to get paid at 13. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that, that baffles me. I'm like, why would you, like, why would you sign? I mean, I, I get wanting to be there to get your foot in the door in the spring, but playing hardball like that, you took a mean risk, a mean risk. Man, maybe maybe this can be a case study moving forward for kids to uh, to look at. Yeah, I mean, I listen. You're gonna have a, this situation is going to be a thing that um, we talked about this too. The NCAA was just kind of waiting for people to fall on their face and and make oh. a mess of this. This might be the situation that they were looking for to say, "All right, you guys ready for me to step in here and and regulate this thing now?" Um, and it's gonna be interesting because I, I, I and I saw this conversation happening on Twitter. Uh, where they're basically like, this, we, we should stop calling this NIL and just call it pay for play because that's what it is. Because it's not jersey signings and appearances that these kids are getting right. paid for. Like, if you're giving kids money before they hit campus, it's not their name, image, and likeness that you're paying because they're not that is no high school football player that hasn't played a down of college football is worth millions of dollars. I'm sorry. I don't care how good you played in high school. You're not worth millions of dollars because you haven't earned that money for anybody. Yeah, you know, yeah, you could be a you could be a bust. Yeah. And and the the fact that you can't sign them, the NIL isn't tied to the school either. Right. Like you can't sign a kid, be like, because you have to stay at Florida to get this NIL. Right. 
So, if, but but the thing is that, that that whole like the NIL is not tied to the school. It is very much tied to the school. It's just a different. It is a different entity because they can't put it underneath the school. It is yeah, very much. Can't pay they, it, well, I mean, right. yes, we we know it's tied to the school, but they, they the like, school tells you still go sign autographs and take pictures at you know the the Gator food truck if that's what he was supposed to do or do the interview for the Gator Collective if that's what he signed for and he gets paid for you know, for his things for the year and that be it. Now, will he get booked for stuff? No. Will he, you know what I'm saying? But if that's what the deal is, like with Miami with Life Wallet, you don't have to be a Miami guy. That's just the Life Wallet thing. So if you leave the school, you can still go take pictures and do commercials. I mean, so a a lot of those NIL deals, yes, because they're private companies are are like that. But when you sign with those collectives, they 100% are tied to your um, situation at the school. Like there's no way around that. But you can't sign as a co- to a collective until you're a, a a you can't officially sign until you're a student athlete. Right. It's just it's gotten too messy, man. I mean, but what? Listen, we knew it was going to get messy like this when it got introduced. I don't think anybody thought that this was going to be a clean process because it just no. didn't have any. There there it, there was no boundaries around it. There was nothing that made anybody have to play by the same rules. Um, and this was always going to be the danger from the beginning. Um, but and I, I, yeah, man, I don't know where they're going to go after this, but it's going to get very interesting because you have the kids like Cormani and Rashada who have basically ripped the Band-Aid off. And it's like, yeah, here's all the ugly stuff that you guys were thought was coming. Well, it's here. Um, right. and, and we're going to have to figure this out quickly. And I think that there's going to be some schools that are going to have to pay the price. Um, they're gonna have to make an example out of somebody. Unfortunately, oh, this ain't gonna be. I think this will be like Florida if it goes to court and all that stuff. Um, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see what the answer is because you're, you're now you're setting a precedent. Mm-hmm. And now, if you're a player who is going through a similar thing with the school, now you have to say, you can be like, look, hey man, at Florida they had to either pay half or. Right. You know what I'm saying? He had a, you know, whatever it is. At the end of the day, somebody got an answer to it, and it's going to set a precedent for everybody. And I hate that it's Florida. Jesus. <laughs> both, both of those kind of have you uh, involved in it, right? Cormani and uh, Rashada. Well, not really. Not for Cormani. Because, I mean, we Gator Nation assumed that he was a Gator because he went to Lakeland. And usually Lakeland kids come to Florida. Um, but I mean, from the beginning, he was always like, Miami was his dream school. Uh, he never took an OV to us. You know, he came to visit, you know, you know, unofficially. He never took an OV. Um, that, was, that was it. He just, he gave a, a word to the team that he was going to commit, but he never did anything officially. So technically, we never were really in the Cormani sweepstakes. Mm. Yeah, listen, man. the The minute that guy uh, said what he said at the Under Armour game, you you knew that was a wrap for him. He was he was nah. headed west immediately. Yeah. Now I want to know what happens with them. the The team who's like, you know what, Cormani, I signed you to this NIL deal. I gave you this fifty racks. You know what? We about to go ahead and and let um, Nathan's hot dogs of of Pensacola take this <laughs> hit and say, hey, man, we gave you fifty thousand. You didn't come. You signed this check. Mm. Then you have another situation because they go both ways. Them boosters that lose out on that money. I mean, somebody can fall on the sword for the team and uh and take a kid out for real, for real. Yeah, yeah. So here th- that's an interesting question, right? So, like if these businesses are signing these deals with the the thought process that, yeah, me making this offer to this kid. I mean, I'm I'm hoping they were smart enough to not give them any money up front, but I just don't feel like that's a real thing. But uh, making these offers to these kids and they don't end up coming to the school, what do you think is the reper- the repercussions from that? Like, is is that making them a little trigger less trigger happy on pulling the 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 the, the, the um pulling the deals off or? Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know what happens as a result because somebody's got to start being smarter about this. And I just don't feel like anybody's being very smart right now. Not, not of the big dogs. I mean, 
you don't hear Georgia really in the mess. You hear teams like A&M, Florida. Well, that's because everybody's and- playing catch-up, right? If you're, if you're playing catch-up right now, you've got to figure out how to skirt, not necessarily the rules, but skip line, right? Because a lot of these people, like when you think about, uh, I guarantee you, I'll take I'll take Auburn as a for instance, right? Like and and my guy, Mike G, got on our show and proclaimed that he's not going to let Hugh Freeze off the hook because Hugh Freeze got in his press conference and touted his ability to turn programs around quickly, right? And I'm okay. sure there is a large contingent of fan bases across America that feel like they hired the guy Nebraska. Right. Like Nebraska feels like they got Matt Rule and Matt Rule is going to have them back in national title contention in two years. And when it doesn't happen, then they're going to be looking at Matt Rule like what's what's going on here? Because they're spending a bunch of money trying to bring these athletes in and somebody's going to have buyer's remorse at some point in time and say this ain't it. Sarkeesian down in Texas, I guarantee you. You got one more year. That if he if if he doesn't at least have a shot at at playing for at least a conference championship next year, that seat's gonna get warm in Texas, man, because they just feel like they're supposed to be in certain conversations that they have not been a part of in a while. Jimbo Fisher, they just went out and got freaking uh, what's the dude's name? Um. Uh, oh god i can see his face by petrino Bob, they went and paid bobby petrino to come be the offensive coordinator to fix jimbo fisher mm. texas <laughs> a&m is spending ridiculous amounts of money right now try they they tried to buy an nil class now they're trying to buy an offense they're just trying to they're spending Crazy. money everywhere and at some point in time all of these chickens are coming home to roost, man. And, right, and, right, and people Ryan are going to get fired because of unreal expectations. And it's all because they see the handwriting on the wall that says, how are we going to catch up to Georgia? How are we going to catch up to Alabama? How are we going to catch up to Ohio State? There's no way for us to close this gap. We got to spend our way out of it. I think, I think too, um, this next year is kind of weird, right? Because after this year, you're a 12-team playoff. So this next year is like, all right, I don't know what the coaching carousel, it might be super crazy at the end of this year, because if you ain't turn it around, we got to turn around quick. Because if if you can turn around a program quick, if you can, you know, uh, Hugh freeze a program, if you will, or, or Mm -hmm. Matt rule a program and turn around quick, you got to shop and make, shot making the top 12. You got to shot at making the championship. So like after this year, it might be, crazy the amount of uh coaching changes that happen that you wouldn't expect because after 2023 it is literally every year after this year this is like the last year i think that you'll see it after this year you're going to have so many player i mean we had a ton transfer this year Mm -hmm. we have so many transfer next year with the hope that this new coach at auburn or this new coach at arkansas or this new coach in maryland texas wherever is telling you, hey, I'm gonna bring you and 12 guys in, and we're gonna go make a run this year to be a top 12 team. Yeah, they're gonna try to TCU it, right? Like, yeah, we're gonna- that's that's gonna be it. We're gonna try to TCU it. But guess what, guys? We don't have to be top four. We don't have to go perfect, right? So we can be top 12, and you're going. It's going to be a free agents market. I mean, it's literally going to be be like a fantasy draft every year, pretty much. Just put these, put all the kids into a pile. And then uh, Georgia gets like the first 15 picks and Alabama gets five. Auburn gets four. And then what's crazy about it, it it is literally going to be the reverse of how it would be in an actual draft. Like the the schools that are, that played the worst are going to not get the first pick. Like you don't get to change your fortunes by being bad. No. Right. And I think what else is going to happen is what you're starting to see now, I think, Coaches are putting things in place to like buy them that extra year. Um, like, you know, look at um Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Day's been calling plays since Urban left. He feel the heat on that seat. What do you do? Hey man, Brian Hartline, you could be the OC. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> so now instead of necessarily next year, if Ohio State struggles again or they don't win something, you can say, hey man. See, we had, we had the new OC. We were trying I, to get. I'm firing him. Yeah, 
and you stay on the job, you know what I'm saying? And that gives you like that extra time and that He's extra trying to energy. insulate himself from the uh, right. potential. Jimbo, Jimbo next year, he ain't got to worry about the play call. He's like, hey, man, y'all been complaining. I'm not the problem. We brought in the guy who's the answer. He's not it. Fire him. Just get a new one. And that's how these guys are going to start hiring people to kind of take the fall. Like it's it's going to happen. Is let let um, Florida have another six win season. I bet we have an OC after that. Mm. Guaranteed. Hey, mm. Listen, man. That that is shout out to Gus Malzahn. That was his strategy for staying on at Auburn for so long. Is hire a new offensive coordinator and scapegoat him. <laughs> hey man it's a cold world what sacrifice sacrifice them talked about ad we've talked about cormani we 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 talked a little bit about colorado but he and we know i know we normally just stick to the sec stuff but looking at what colorado's doing in the transfer portal right now not unexpected at all right like we knew coach prime was going to bring talent down or out west to that conference but looking at their schedule realistically how many games can this team win? Like, I know it's it's hard to project because you haven't seen this conglomeration of players together, but Colorado was really bad last year. Like, you know, like they, I think what they won, like two games or something like that last year. Yeah, they weren't great. I think they they don't have a single, every single game is a power five team, I think, on their schedule. I don't know if they have a group of it five. Is. You're right. I don't I don't think they have a single group of five school on their schedule next year. They do not. How many games can that team realistically win in year one? Because you know that they've like as much hell as people want to give them, people are waiting for them to, to fail so that they can scoff. I told at, you so. Yeah, like we told you he wasn't ready and all this kind of crap. I mean, it's a tough schedule. I'm looking at it right now. So we can we can kind of walk it down real quick at TCU. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's going to be game one out yeah. the gate. Yeah, <laughs> and here's the thing: game one, anything can happen, right? We've seen it. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, they're, they're breaking in a new QB. Yeah, and- every game one could be something weird. All right, so but loss. I right oh, now, no, I would man. say that's probably an L. Like, yeah, I just, right now, quarterback losing their players, the star guys. So you going dub? I mean, it's. I don't. I'm not giving TCU that easy win, but let's okay. just say. Yeah, I'm not. I don't either. think it's going to be easy by any means. I mean, if they had most of their team coming back, maybe we could say easy. But I don't. I listen. I I have to be a believer in something I've seen, and I've seen Sonny Dykes put a good product out there on the field. Because the issue for Colorado, I think, is going to be can they field a good defense? Right, like skill players make your offense better immediately, but they've got to. They've got to transform that defense pretty quickly, and that's going to be tough. Even with talent out there, that talent hasn't played together, and they're going to have more continuity on the TCU sideline. So I would give TCU that game right now. No, no. Okay, then you got Nebraska. Then you got Nebraska. Nebraska's going to be interesting because both of them are in transition right now, right? They so some, they got some names. Yeah, so you got uh, so we got Nebraska, then you got Colorado State, so you probably get that dub at Colorado. You probably can get Colorado State. Okay, there. then you got to go to Oregon. Then, then USC's got to come to your place. Oh, then you go to Arizona State. You probably could probably can right get that there. one. But here's the thing. 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 When you got a lot of me first players, guys, yeah. we're talking about a team going one, one, two, three. One and four to start the year. Right. The locker room is going to be a little tense. Just saying. Now we're going. So, so two and four, Arizona State, Stanford. I think that's a dub probably because yeah. they, I don't, I don't know that Stanford can turn around that program in one year. No. They're going to have a new, who, no. th- who's the coach at Stanford now? I don't even they, know, bro. I don't they, 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 yeah. I don't even think they named one yet. Wow. <laughs> like, uh, then you go off week, then you go to at UCLA. 
Dorian Thompson Robinson, he's still there, right? Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's a that's that's tough. Yeah, yeah that's a tough game. So you have they, three, got a, they got a tough schedule though, man. I, I looked at this the other day because uh, somebody was having this conversation. I was like, oh no, that's then, rough. Then then Oregon State. They got DJU, but I think that's probably a dub. You could win against Oregon State. Uh, I mean, win, you could win against Arizona. You could win against Washington State. Yeah, and then you got to go yeah. to Utah. That's they a, don't have the chances to mess with Utah. Like yeah. they'll have the thing with Colorado. What, right? What's that? Like six wins? Yeah. If we count them up, let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, about six. If if he gets to a bowl, I watch watch how quick that shit turn around for them in the portal and recruiting. If they get to a bowl their first year, that's going mean, to be. I crazy. think that that's enough. They're gonna give them hell, though. Like the question I, that I that I have about all of this is, how many wins does that program have to get to for the people on the outside to not feel like this was a bust? So like in that building, they're gonna feel okay if if you, but like if so, if you're Cormani McLean, Travis, like Travis just came from a team that went undefeated during the regular season. His son um, Shador undefeated during the regular season like they're not used to losing right so like what and, and Shador you know he's got NFL aspirations what if it falls apart for him and he's not the Heisman guy that they want him to be coming in that year like can they keep all of this enthusiasm and momentum from year one just by getting to a bowl just by get, getting bowl eligible is that enough I, I think for them, That's a, that might be enough um, for the money so. guys in Colorado who are they've been shitty no. for years. But I think when you have a you take over a team that's that won two games, two or three games the year before, one and you pretty much won. Oh, they won, won one See, game. I gave, I gave so them credit a team for that game. Won one game, and then the next year you make them bowl eligible. That's a win. Now the individual person, of course, the competitor and all those guys, they're not going to be happy with six. But realistically, if uh, if they can get to a bowl. That's a huge win, and you can sell that to the guys because that first year, they're going to look like – well, I'm not saying they're going to look like USC, but they have the quarterback that knows the system. They have players – they have a lot of players coming from Jackson State that know the system, know everything. So the learning curve isn't going to be that big for many of them. And the only thing that they're going to be weak at is the trenches, which is most Pac-12 teams. Um but if you can show, like, yo, we got everything we got, we got everything we need, we just need some some maulers in the front. You'll get those guys. Because that's why, realistically, that's why USC lost how they did, because they didn't have any trenches. Same thing with TCU. They didn't really have the trenches. Okay, so um, I guess that's, that's, that's kind of my point, too. Like, Colorado getting better in a vacuum is one thing, but it's not as if the other guys around them don't realize. Like, Oregon realized that, if they don't get mushed by Georgia in game one, that they probably have a realistic shot to go to the the, the uh, college football playoff, right? And, I, and then they get, again, they realize every time they go against somebody who's bullying them, they can't stand up. So we got to figure out how to solidify our trenches. How do you get there in the Pac-12? How do you, like, you can go get skill players if you're Dion. How do you get those big boys up front to decide, I'm not going to go to Georgia, Bama, uh, or just name an SEC school plus a Big Ten school? How, how do you compete for that stuff? I think when you look at it, like, for instance, um, let's Peter Woods, right, who was is a Clemson guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looked remember, really he was he was very He was very intrigued by Jackson State. Very intrigued. Now, if, if it was this year, and say he's a senior this year, and now Prime has a year at Colorado – Maybe Peter Woods isn't at Clemson because you're at a P5 school. You've shown the need. You clearly invest. Like, these guys are going to the school for prime. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to the school to be with this guy, to get the teachings and toolage from him. Right. So you're going to get guys who, um, I mean, you can look at kids' name out of the 24 and 25 class. When they drop their top five, top yeah. six list, they yeah. all got Colorado in there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's an excitement playing for, for prime. Like you see it, social media, YouTube, 
Instagram, every day I, I'm on there, I see something with Colorado on there. Yeah. And that's where these kids live. So it's all about the marketing aspect of it. Like these kids don't care about what your team did back in 97 and who's the Heisman, who won the Heisman back in 2007. These kids don't care. It's like, yo, what deals I'm going to get? You going to get me to the league? We're going to look good. And you know what I'm saying? We're going to win some. I just looked it up, guys, for you wondering. Uh, most of the books right now have the over-under for Colorado at winning four and a half games. Mm. So, Ooh, I'm going to take that. I was about to say, is that is that a take on the on the um on the over there? Mm. I'm a I'm a I would take probably that. probably because you can if Florida if, can if be, it's there right now, I think that's probably a good take today because um, yeah. that number probably is going to move. Yeah, this was back in December six. I can't find anything more recent than that. So if Florida can beat Utah week one, right? Colorado can beat TCU week one. Now, could they be TCU week 11, 10? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But week one, your you're you're new quarterback, new wide receivers, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have those same dogs that you had and that's been in that program for years. Like, you just don't have it. They're rebuilding too. Yep. It's going to be interesting. That is what I will say about that um, because I just don't know that um, – Again, like getting because I, I guess when I look at at improvement, right? Because I, I've I've had this conversation with my guys over on the channel about Auburn and the the expectations that exist out there around turning a program around quickly. I think become a little ridiculous because I'm with you, Kenny. When I think about turning a program for me, like Auburn didn't make a bowl last year, right? We won five games last season. Okay, if you got a coach that can get you to seven the next year, that's improvement. But is that enough of an improvement for the people who thought that Hugh Freeze was a miracle worker that are out here on the streets, you know, singing his praises, talking about, you know, cold fronts moving in because he's signing a bunch of transfer kids and and moved your overall class ranking from 50s down into the teens, right? That looks good on the surface. But then when you look up at the top of the totem pole, you realize you sitting there at 16 is still an entire ocean away from the guy sitting at one, two, and three. And so you didn't really close the gap. All you did was get further. You got closer to the cliff. That's it. Yep. Yeah, in the SEC, that's reality. Outside the SEC, you ain't got to worry about that. I mean, look at USC, but what they did with the portal. They literally brought everybody and a mama over. Yeah, and still didn't get to the college football playoff. They were real close, though. But with with a with you have an injured Heisman Trophy winner. If he doesn't get injured, if you know what I'm saying, if he doesn't have to run for his life, because they started getting linemen, they got one from Florida. They they getting guys that can block. At this point, that's all they were missing. So when you it shows like yo, you can win with portal kids with that yeah, one you year. One hundred percent can. I think that I think that's a thing that people have to get off of the narrative too of like uh, the portal. The portal can absolutely change your program in a year. If you do it right, because um, I was having, again, these conversations that I have with people around this uh, when I'm talking to them on the channel, they're just like, oh, you can't like you can't live off the board. You can't live there. If you're living in the portal every year, then you have way too much turnover in your program. But you can 100 percent change the trajectory of your program in one year with the transfer portal. Yeah, we about to see with Florida State. Mm. We about to see because they, they had a solid year. They have a, a very core group of guys and they got a lot of good portal players speaking of of guys uh not necessarily in the portal um this is a a terrible transition but i did see your guy lad announce he was coming back are the georgia faithful happy with mccocky coming back for another year i think so man i I think there was um some talk out there that he might transfer some are you playing like are you playing madden on your phone right now like madden no Oh, I don't know. He just, just looks so intense on the phone. I don't know what he's doing. He's trying to, he's trying to get in that uh, that four and a half real yeah, quick. He's trying, <laughs> trying to find it. Trying to find, see if I can find me a futures on uh on, yeah. on Colorado real quick, man. No, but um, yeah, I think the thing with Lad, with um, Lad. There, there was some there was some talk about him transferring for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, I, I, I yeah. did hear the rumors of that as well. Yeah, South, South Carolina for some reason thought that they were going to get him. Um, 
so he can <laughs> come get uh, passes from uh, any what? From, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Name. And then um, there are some people that are like, he's he can make it to the league, and I was like, not so fast. You know, let's get one more year underneath him. I think he's a he's a four year guy. Um, he he's got some stats though. So I mean, yeah. Georgia's wide receiver room. Yeah, they lost Ad Mitchell, and that hurts. But at the same time, you didn't have him last year. You won. You know, you had him in the two biggest games at the end, but you didn't have him for most of the season. Uh, so, I mean, you kind of rebuild. And UGA, let, let's be real. Like, the luxury of them being able to throw the ball is an added thing. Yeah. They can still run it down your throat. With well, the I think that's the running. reason why it's <laughs> like, difficult for Georgia to keep receivers every year is because they're not going to throw the ball to the receivers that much. Here's the problem, right. though. Is if Todd Munkin, Todd Munkin's getting rumored for these NFL OC jobs, mm. uh, and the the big one is the Bucks, right? But with the Bucks, the Bucks are going to let well left with. They already did. They did. They did. I missed well, that completely. Yeah. So the Bucks. I mean, they he's been at the Bucks before, but the Bucks are like they have one more year until that thing falls to the ground with uh, Troy Bowles. And I mean, if you don't have Brady coming back, you're they're, like people say, and I, I want to get your guys' opinion. We're about to wrap, I think, but I yeah. want I want to get your guys' opinion real quick. Would you rather be the OC at Georgia or Alabama, um, or hell? I mean, you could even throw Florida and Auburn in there just for the listeners' purposes, right? Or would you rather be the OC at Tampa Bay without Tom Brady? And people say, reason I'm asking this before you just jump and say, yeah, I'd be the OC at Georgia. They say being an OC at the NFL is like a big step up from a college OC. And I can see that in most colleges, but I just want to get your, your guys opinion on that. If you're Todd Munkin right now, are you staying at Georgia or are you going back to the NFL? Um, I, 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 for me, it depends on the team, right? Like I don't know that Tampa is a great situation. Number one. And number two, what, what are his professional aspirations? Because, um, right. Right, if he wants to be a, a head coach one yeah. day, then getting that NFL OC experience definitely puts you on the fast track to that. And if he wants to be an NFL head coach, if you want to be a college head coach, he could probably. Oh, yeah, he could name his spot yeah, pretty much yeah. right now. Yeah. So it just depends on what his professional aspirations are. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I feel like and this is a conversation um, that I've had with people before because I was talking about. Um, what's the guy's name? Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott was the uh, offensive coordinator at Clemson, right? Yep. And it was rumored that he was considering it was either last season or the season before moving from Clemson to Alabama as the offensive coordinator. And I was having this conversation as to, I was like, why in the heck would you ever do that? Why would you move to Bama from Clemson when Clemson's a perennial, they're going to, basically get all the talent in the ACC. They're probably going to win the ACC every year. You have no pressure at this job. You're getting paid at the top of your craft as the Clemson offensive coordinator just to exchange and get crapped on every single game by Bama fans about how you didn't put the right game plan together. I was like, there's no way I'm exchanging the headache of Alabama for the cushiness or, or, or leaving the cushiness of Clemson to go to Alabama as their OC, even though people would consider that a better job. I think this is a more secure job at Clemson. Um, And I feel the same way about some of this stuff when you're talking about leaving Georgia. Like, he's in a good spot. Why would he do that and take the headache of being at Tampa? Like, that feels like a headache. Because, man, it's it's the competitiveness and the, um, not just confidence, but you got to be kind of cocky to be a a play caller or a, a coordinator or head coach at any level. It's the same reason why you see high school coaches who win six state championships and go to a college and just be the wide receiver coach. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but that's that's a slightly different um, bag too, though, right? Like you're making more money. Unless you're in Texas or Georgia or like Cali, but like (laughs) those only people making six figures around the country. Them guys ain't making big money. Those That's what I'm saying. Like I wouldn't stay at a high school because I'm not making no money for real to do this job. Like I can go be a wide receiver coach at a power five and make – have less responsibility on a day-to-day basis and make more money. I mean, there, is, there, is I'm there? not going to name a coach. I'll say it real quick. There's been coaches that have left the state of Georgia who had really successful high school, college programs, and they went on to be like 
not even a wide receivers coach. They went on to be like a quality control coach at right. college. Like, yeah. So I, it is. but I think you're, I think you're comparing apples to oranges there, Kenny. Okay. I think, so, I think, but okay, I do so what you're going your thing. Um, I would like, I, if, if I you was going to the NFL, I would go to the NFL because, but he's already been there. Right. He, he has. And he However, failed. you may, you may have learned new things, done different things. Um, and, you know, why not? Like being an OC on the NFL level, being successful is way different than that. And if you go to the NFL and it doesn't work out, you can easily come back to the to college because you know your stuff's going to work. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, I, I, I think you can. I I would. But again, it's just, it's what's your passion like? You have guys who are college guys. Like they're like, yo, I could go, but I love the recruiting. I love the the you know what I'm saying the dealing with the the young guys the the passion you know what I'm saying versus the business of the NFL um so I mean I guess it just depends on like you said your career aspirations but me personally yeah I I got two natties you know I learned a few things maybe go up there get some NFL experience and if I want to be a college guy maybe come back and then have the pickings of where I want to go I don't know, man. I mean, you've already been to the Bucks. You were there for three years. They outed you. You went to the Browns. You got fired there. Then you come to Georgia and you are you are hailed. Like Kirby Smart is up top tier. Todd Munkin is like right behind him. Folks love this man. Yeah. Why? Like I don't know why, but it, obviously it's out there. I mean, I'm sure he's thinking yeah, about it. it. Is he? Does he like recruiting? Does he like? No, he doesn't like recruiting. But the thing is, though, here's the thing: he's got to recruit one position a year. That's quarterback. He's got he's got dogs on his staff on the offensive side of the ball to recruit the rest of it. Del McGee, yeah, he'll recruit whoever you want. Todd Hartley at tight ends, he'll recruit tight ends, wide receivers, O line, whatever you want. Brian McClendon at wide receivers, he's all all Monk has got to do is just recruit one kid a year. And hell, you don't really even got to recruit him. You got Del McGee and and Hartley. Hey guys, and McClendon. Hey guys, go go get that kid for me, man. Bring him into the office. Hey man, I'm Todd Munkin. How y'all doing? Um, yeah, my plays work. You've seen them. Uh, <laughs> you see me out here in these streets. Yeah, I'm going to be great or not. <laughs> I'm gonna sit here and watch film. Did you want to sit here and watch it with me, or you you got something to do? Or you got something to do? All right, all right, man. We'll holler at you. Like, yeah, that's it. He doesn't have to do much, you know. Yeah. Here's one thing though. I just I just found on his Wikipedia page. So he was the head coach. He was a head coach for three years at Southern Miss. Went 13 and 25. But in 2013 they were one and eleven. 2014 they were three and nine. 2015 he was nine and five. Turned that whole program around. Right after that he went to Tampa Bay to be the OC. So he was at the he was at the peak of his head coaching career at Southern Miss and jumped to the OC at Tampa Bay. But Southern Miss to to Tampa Bay OC. Yeah, I'm wondering. That's what I'm saying. Is is there a little? Is there mm. something here that we can look at? He's at the top right now, and then he goes back to Tampa Bay. Southern Miss head coach or Tampa Bay OC? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I, I can see that. But but Georgia OC, you can go for a three peat. You can you can potentially yeah. realistically you could become one the of first. the top offensive coordinators ever in the college game. You are the first to ever bring a team to a three peat. Yeah. Or you can go yeah. be the OC for the Bucks, who doesn't have Brady. And uh, I mean, who would they be starting at quarterback? Kyle Trask? Hey, oh, that's a good question. But, um, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually do not know the answer to that. Who? who yeah, I don't know who I, they I answer at quarterback. I don't know that anybody knows. But again, with his history and his track record, I can see him staying. Like you say, he's his stints in the NFL, his stints in college. He's not a guy that's probably looking to jump around. But a guy like a Brian Johnson, right? He was a coordinator. Who he, who he was a coordinator for Florida when they had trash, when they had that. Yeah, he's at Philly right now. He went wide to Philly receiver to coach. Be the QB, no, he went to Philly to be the QB, QB coach. coach. Okay, yeah. Oh, and he was now, the OC at Florida during that time? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he could have easily went and be an OC or stayed another year, been a head coach in college. But now he went to OC and now look at Hurts. So now I think he's moving up to – a coordinator or he's like that's the conversation of an NFL coordinator so now if he was to come back to college if he wants to do that recruiting thing now you look at him as you know you're gonna be a head coach or if you are OC you come to be OC at Alabama 
I'll replace a monk in that at Georgia. Like you're he was on the short time. list of of guys that uh, were up for the Auburn job for um they they wanted him as like a dark horse head coach in the, What's his name? the offensive court. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. He was the he used to he when college he was the quarterback at Utah, I think. Yeah. Um, and then like you said, oh, he was at Florida for a little while and now he's with the uh, Eagles. Mm. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah, now, man. I got a guy that would be a hell of a coordinator. My high school coach, right? Um, Chris Beatty, right? He uh high school broke records, plant calling plays. Went to um, West Virginia when they had like a uh, Logan Hasty. Um, they had a uh, um, the Austin and all those guys, right? Mm. Now he's with he, you know, bounced around Rams, all this stuff. Wide receiver coach. I think he's with Washington now as uh, one of wide receiver coaches. But he's a name when they were talking about Florida people. I was like, yo, if we can get him to be an OC somewhere, I guarantee you if he decides to get into that. It's gonna be a problem because he has a. Res- I'm it actually surprised y'all didn't go and grab um what's to call it after he got let go at Auburn um wide receiver coach why is his name not popping in my head right now coach Mike Hillier Jesus Christ oh man. God that's oh wow way back machine yeah he was coaching at Auburn last year he was the wide receiver coach at Auburn he had been in the NFL for a little while um but yeah. My man's I'm only actually four, surprised. My man's only forty six. He looks he looks old. <laughs> yeah. he looks a little looks a little long in the tooth. Yeah, him, yeah. him and Caddy played together for the Bucks. Man, are you serious? This guy, this guy's forty six. Yeah. Wow. Hey man, sometimes all you need is a a, a hair dye and, and an edge up. Man, he'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised Florida didn't try to come snag him and bring him into the fold there on the the Billy Napier staff because the, the kids liked him a lot at Auburn. So. Huh. Yeah, man. I um, yeah. With those these hires, I I mean, I think Billy should get an OC. I would love the coach from USF when he got fired. Everyone's was like, "Yo, please bring him in to be the offensive guy." Do you have offensive Bill- coordinator? No, Billy calls. Billy's plays. calling plays. Yeah, and I, I don't. I've yeah. never been a fan of a head coach calling plays outside of Andy Reid. <laughs> like other than him, you want you want the uh, the the players to to play ring around the rosy before they go and line up for. Uh, um, <laughs> hey man, that's so disrespectful, but it's I love so, so unbelievably <laughs> disrespectful. <laughs> that was so disrespectful, but I love it. I told my coach, I was like, "Hey, and they scored on the play, bro." I was I'm like, saying, "Come bro. on, man!" Absolutely, you're definitely fighting after that game in real life. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but other than Andy Reid. Everybody needs an OC in the DC. Like a head coach, you have to. And I think that's what Saban was so. Why he's been so successful because you have to be the CEO and you have to touch everything. Like you can't be focused on calling plays when your defense is getting smashed. You need to be over there talking to your defense and let the OC do what he does. Like it's just it's too much. It's just too much. It's difficult, man. Um, you know. Hopefully, listen, uh, we, we're dealing with that same situation right now at Auburn. Hugh Freeze has said he's going to relinquish call playing duties, but uh, but he has not done that ever in his career up to this point. Um, and he said he's going to let Philip Montgomery do it this season. We shall see. If he that has an OT title if you want. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, listen, we we are very familiar with having offensive coordinators in in name only at Auburn. That was that was the entire Gus Malzahn tenure. You call plays for like three games, and then he come back over there and snatch the clipboard and start calling them on the low. Mm. So definitely something we're familiar with. Anyway, let's get out of here, man. We've had a good conversation about the transfer portal. We probably could talk about transfer portal a million times between now and uh, when somebody gets sanctioned. Um, before, before, the news, before the news dropped, like I don't know if this will drop before then, but uh, Keontae Goodwin, man. Lock him in. He's going to be a gator, baby. I just got a feeling. Oh, yeah? yeah. I got a he on he coming to campus uh tomorrow. Uh, uh, you got a sign. Like I said, we'll talk tomorrow. about it until somebody gets sanctioned. That's yeah, that's how it's gonna be, man. And then with the conversation will change uh, to how NIL is falling apart. Um, but yeah, so all right. Anyway, man, let's get out of here. Kenny, tell the people where they can find you. Uh T2T underscore KB2 on Twitter. Uh, or you can just search toe-to-toe sports on YouTube. Or Twitter, we're there. Um, yeah, Paul, 
Oh, Let hey, man, appreciate that. A little transition. P. Meharry, man, at P-M-A-H-A-R-R-Y. Check me out on Twitter. Check me out on UGASports.com. Check me out on Georgia Bulldogs Football on YouTube. And Ike. Yes, indeed. T-W-R, Ike Jones on Twitter. I am with The War Report, thewarreport.com. The War Report on YouTube is where you can find all your Auburn content. We are out of here, man. The Auburn Express, the Amen Corner. Holla at you guys on the next go-round. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together.